Welcome to season two of the Pines and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. This show understands that there is quite a bit of diversity amongst the body of Christ. So we operate according to the motto that certain things are fixed, like the essentials of faith, and the best beer is served on tap, while everything else is just a matter of perspective. Hey friends, uh, Pastor Cohen here with a quick moment. Um, Adam and I filmed this episode and we were not thinking we had had a heck of a time filming and had some technical difficulties. We actually filmed and lost two entire episodes of content. It was not good. Anyways, in the hustle and bustle of us trying to film, we forgot to mention that this episode was coming out actually on Halloween or on Thanksgiving, the actual day of Thanksgiving. Uh, So I did want to come on and say happy Thanksgiving and we hope everyone has a great holiday. Hey, Cullen. What's up, bro? Who is the defending world champion uh, baseball uh, gods? Team, team. gods? Oh, sure, yeah. gods. Uh, the Houston Astros. That's right. Everybody wants some. I, I Come just, get some. I just need to say it over and over again because next year, who knows? Well, you know, if you want us, come get us. Is that what you're saying? Uh huh. Who needs Houston? Carlos Correa? Carlos, who? Uh huh. Jeremy Pena. Hey, we're in my house again. You might notice. Hope you uh, like the change of setting. Uh, it's know, fun. Spices it up a little bit. Keeps yeah. it interesting. It's fun. Have you liked? Have you subscribed? They have not. Have you shared? They have not. <sighs> what are we going to do with you guys? What are we going to do? We're Hopefully gonna... get them to like, share, and subscribe. Yeah, I know it. I don't know how to ask them any more nicely, though. We're just going to keep making content until we badger them to the point of liking us more i love that tactic (laughs) i love that tactic it sounds great what are we drinking today so i'm actually drinking something that i've never had Um, so yellow rose pretty famous like they have ipa magnolia texas baby magnolia texas which is if you don't know that's basically houston just north of here about 40 40 minutes no i know i know you make me sick close enough you make me sick. I'm, it's Montgomery County. I know. We don't. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Montgomery County. But, but close enough. Okay. Uh, brewed and canned in Magnolia, Texas. It is close by, but like Back Pew Brewing. Do you know them? I don't. They're in New Caney. Oh, yeah. I don't call that almost Houston. Definitely not Houston. New Caney, y'all are not. Magnolia is the same. <laughs> it's further, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Well, I have. Okay. You talk about this beer, and then I'm going to talk about this beer. Okay. So this is Lone Pint. Uh, brewery. That's the name of the brewery. Their Yellow Rose IPA is their most common. Uh, this is the Yellow Rose Smash. Well, all the Yellow Rose are Smash. It's single malt and single um hop. Okay. Single malt, single hop. Look, here's the deal with this beer. The reason why we have it is because Cullen forgot to bring beer today. That's I did forget a, to bring that's beer. okay because I also own lots of beer. Uh, this is my favorite IPA on the planet. What? I think this is the best IPA Texas produces. What? And I keep it in stock all the time. What? It came out in like 2013. Okay, look. So this beer used to be seasonal from Lone Pint. It, it wasn't a regular beer. I think 2013, 2012, 2014, somewhere in that range, they released it under a different name. It was like something, something Yellow Rose. And if you're a Texan, you, Yellow Rose is, is a famous historical character from... Um, the Texas Revolution. Anyways, uh, it used to be out under a different name, and it got so popular, it was in such high demand, they started making it year-round, which is when it became Yellow Rose Smash, single malt, single hop. Um, 
I love it. Well, it's 6.8% ABV, and uh, I do love IPAs, so we'll see. It's going to go off. Okay, this beer is from our good friend, Abby Madden. Uh, she has family in, um, geez, what Arkansas. Arkansas. Is that where this is from? Well, Arkansas? that's where she has family. Yeah, well, so she went up there, and she had this beer that apparently you can only buy up there, and it's a brown ale called La Bria. Um, she brought it back for us to review. Cullen's not a big brown, uh, ale fan. I love them. And if you just listen to the most recent, like the previous episode, I, I gushed over St. Arnold's brown ale <laughs> that no longer exists. Uh, and brown ales aren't super, uh, common. Like they're kind of hard to find. Um, and this it's too hot. Well, I don't know. It's about so that, hot, but I love them. Um, speaking of browns, there's a great brown ale that has a uh, nut adjunct. They okay. call it the nut brown ale from Lazy Magnolia Brewing in Mississippi. Oh, never Fantastic. heard of it. Never heard of it. Okay. I'll cool. get one. I'll get one. I'll let you try it. Well, this is from Fossil Cove Brewing Company, La Brea Brown Ale. Uh, it is 6% alcohol by volume, 18 IBUs. That's that's very low, but for a brown ale, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, 12 fluid ounces in a can. It is, I appreciate this can. You want to know what hops it has? Sitz hop and Willamette. No idea. I don't know either of those. Malts, Pilsen, Munich, wheat, caramel, chocolate. Aroma is chocolate, spice, and dried fruit. And taste is citrus, dried fruit, chocolate, and bread. Uh, it's a meal in a can. It is from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Arkansas. Uh, Fossil Brewing, Fossil Cove Brewing. And I am excited. It also has a dinosaur on it because it's a fossil. Well, it's a fossil. So cheers. Cheers. I can't wait for you to try Yellow Rose. Oh, my God. I opened it and just, like, smelled plants the, coming the out. The aroma. Of yeah, it's great. Single hop. Okay, you go first. Not as hoppy as I was expecting it to be. It's quite balanced. It's extremely balanced, which... Go ahead. It's quite balanced, uh, which is not usually my preferred way of going with IPAs. This is to deal with smash IPAs. You've only got one hop and one malt in there. Yeah. And you you do it right. It's balanced. It's very balanced. Um, very balanced. And the malt is like... It's not it's not like a Pilsner malt. Nope. Which is pretty common in some IPAs to like have a base Pilsner malt. Um it's got some some darkness to it. It's got some roasted flavor. Oh, I like it. Which is so interesting to have in an IPA. Uh it's very floral. Extremely floral. But it does, man, it has that like roasted flavor from that malt. That's man, that's quite good. Um I don't know what hop they use. Do they say? No. It's not on the can. We could Google it, but. Uh, it's not. I'm not guessing that it's super out there. I'm six, thinking. 62 IBUs, though. Yeah, so. so I did notice that when you were commenting on the low IBUs of that one. Uh, yeah, I think I'm at like an 8-1. Foil. Yeah, that is really good. I love it. Um, okay, Fossil Cove, uh, La Brea Brown Ale. I love this. I am in love with this beer. Yeah? Does it take I, the new top spot? 
I think it does. It's unfortunate that I can't get it here. Um, well, you know, the, the can says uh, the La Brea Brown is a Belgian inspired brown ale brewed with a blend of ale. Okay, wait, hold on. That's not the part I was going to read to y'all. With subtle <laughs> spices, it pairs good with all things. <laughs> That's funny. But no, it really does. Like the chocolate note is what I love from Fat Tire. Yeah. 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 It's so pronounced here yeah the subtle sweetness the hops is real low like look this is my this is probably my favorite beer on the planet that's got 62 ibus this has 18 okay so i'm i'm not i'm not judgmental right i drink all beers and this thing here is one of the best brown ales it's got a little bit of spice it's complex It's 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 very malty. It's got one, two, three, four, five, five different malts in it. Dang! Oh, I love it. Well done, Fossil Cove and Abby for uh, no. transporting it across state lines. Yeah, yeah, which is not illegal. So it's fine. Not illegal. Not illegal. They just, you can't, can't, ship ship it. It. You you just, just can't ship it. You just can't mail it. Yeah. Which is so stupid. What are we doing here? So stupid. You know, removing democracy from the country and not allowing us to ship beer across state lines. Who knows? Or ship spirits inside of state lines in texas which doesn't make any sense none what's absolutely none you let us go buy it to go at the restaurant anyways ass backwards nonsense of texas politics and governance. you know what texas forever but i will constantly fight the gop anyways go ahead yeah, me too <laughs> what are we talking about today cullen uh <laughs> we are talking about my correction um, oh, Cullen was wrong. Cullen I, made a lot of mistakes last time. I did. Okay, so Adam and I, uh, we filmed the Judgment episode just before this, and yeah. we're now filming uh, this episode, which we're calling The Way Hell Has Been Shaped by Literature. Hell and Literature. Um, we've actually filmed both of these before. <laughs> I hate double work. I know, me too. It is my biggest pet peeve in life. But when you're dealing with a lot of technology and technical, you know, on-the-road yeah. setups. Adam and I uh, bonded after that <laughs> mess up over some of Adam's own blunders in technological issues. Hey, that's fair. Um, yeah, so we filmed these two episodes, and then I messed up the audio. Yeah, you did. And so this is the second time we're filming it, but... Uh, we are filming it because I messed up. <laughs> on, um, on an earlier... On an earlier episode, <laughs> I... On something about hell, and I don't remember. I've already edited it, and I don't remember how much I cut out. But we talk about Dante's Inferno. Yes, we do. And when I was editing it, what I was... When I was editing it, I was going, wait... I need to fact check myself on some of this because I'm not wise. sure this is true. Hey, look, you need to donate to Wellhouse so that we can hire a full-time fact checker for Cullen. You know what I'm talking about? That's true. That's uh, true. Yeah. So uh, so I fact checked myself, and my Dante <laughs> work was a little strange. I remembered some high pieces, uh, but it needed to be fleshed out more. And so I don't know how much I cut out. I don't know how much I left in. I don't even know if it's published yet. But <laughs> I don't remember. So we'll what, figure it what, out. What day is it? Yeah, I don't remember. So, yeah, here we go. We're going to do Hell in Literature. And we got some books here. Um, we could start with Dante since we're already on it. Or we could start with Paradise Lost because I know you got lots of things to say about the way Paradise Lost has shaped this. Well, we've talked about Paradise Lost on the podcast before. Um, I think Paradise Lost has, uh, has shaped 
has shaped the Western, um, like American evangelical view of heaven and hell. I yeah. know we're talking about hell right now, yeah. uh, but, and really the relationship between, and if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see these things. So, um, go watch us on YouTube in addition to listening to us in your car. Um, paradise lost has done a lot to shape our view of heaven and hell, but I think predominantly our view of Satan mm-hmm. and demons um, and angels and how they interact with humanity. Um, we've also talked about screw tape letters. Well, we talked about that on the episode that didn't get that. Had right. No well, audio. I, I know. Yeah. I, I want you to bring that back up though. Um, I couldn't find my copy of screw tape letters. It's in there somewhere. I, I, I have too many books. Uh, and then the Aeneid, you probably are not that familiar. I bet most people aren't that familiar with What's the Aeneid. Latin based. It is a Roman. It is a Roman um, uh, epic m- mythology. It's an yeah. epic. It's an epic is the genre, but it is a Roman mythology, and it's really a uh, response to and like a retelling of the Odyssey, which yep. is a Greek epic. The first right. epic, right? Like the Iliad and the Odyssey. Well, uh, hang on. Okay. To be fair, the first epic is Job. He just doesn't move, but oh, he's definitely on a journey. Christians, am I right? No, no. Like, I'm messing with you. Okay. Okay. So uh, th- this is the this is where we get. You've probably heard of Virgil in the like um, in his journey to uh, hell. Yep. And from heaven to hell. Um, though you're probably not familiar that familiar with this book it is foundational to the western conception of heaven and hell it's also foundational to dante so look you're, you're preaching my sermon for me go ahead right so we get homer okay apparently we get job but then we get homer who tells this epic and then you get you get virgil who comes in and says okay i'm going to tell a better epic yeah but still uses the same greek mythology and roman mythology is um I, I'm not a classics scholar, but it's very similar, right? Like, like you have the same gods with different names. It's like a yeah, retelling. Well, it, well, it's like the structure and the form is still there. Same. They just like manipulated to the Roman culture over the Greek culture. Exactly. Right. Um, and so this is kind of like the Roman version of the Odyssey. And then you have another epic writer come along who's Italian, right? Mm-hmm. Roman type. but just, And significantly later significantly like later. almost 1200 years later right but he says i'm gonna do the same thing i'm going to um write an epic uh, but what dante does specifically is he really outlines his view of hell and he predominantly fo- in the in the inferno in the inferno, in the so inferno. He dante actually other, writes something called the divine comedy the divine comedy and comes it has first. the yep. inferno uh Purgatory and Paradiso. Paradiso. I couldn't remember it. Um, and so the the topic of this conversation is hell. That's why the Inferno is here. And I yep. don't have copies of Paradiso. Well, I have I have the full the divine comedy. comedy. Yeah. Um, but we're in my house. But we're at Adams. And then after that, then you have Paradise Lost. So if we're right, talking chronology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely the Odyssey, then the, uh, Aeneid. the Aeneid, then the Divine Comedy, and then Paradise John Lost. Milton is not until like 1600s. Correct. In England, and he's English, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so you have you have quite the gambit here between you've got a Greek in the Odyssey, right? And that's like 600 BC, I think. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I have a copy. It's in there. I can go get it. Um, the Aeneid. I don't remember what it's. Um, I don't know. Should have done a research. Yeah, I don't remember when it's written, but it's definitely earlier than. It's at the height of Roman imperialism. Correct. 
which would have been, you know, around the time of Jesus. Right. Um, and then you have Dante in like somewhere between 12 and 1400 in Italy. Um, so once again, you have a shift in, um, you have a shift in geography. Right. Um, and then cultural perspective. Correct. And then you have uh, Paradise Lost in England uh, about 400 years after Dante. Um, and they're all trying to do something about the same thing. Yeah, so, um, excuse me, Dante dies in 1321. There you go. So it's, um, I think he begins it in like 1306, right after his excommunication or something. It's done by like 1315. Right. Something along those lines. Um, yeah, so, uh, and screw tape letters oh, yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. the latest version of that. Yeah. I because that's C.S. Lewis in the 50s or 60s or whatever. Right. Um, so we can go through them, and we should probably begin with Virgil because Virgil is Dante's guide right. through the Inferno and parts of Purgatory. But remember, Virgil is not a Christian. <laughs> so Virgil cannot be Dante's guide into paradise. Oh, interesting. And so the love of his life, not his wife, might I mind you, oh. but the love of his wife named Beatrice. Right. This is what you're correcting from a This is what episode. I'm correcting. Okay, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, she becomes his guide into paradise. Mm -hmm. So, um, Virgil leads Dante through the Inferno, and it begins, it has nine rings. Hell has nine rings, and it is a decent, like, the entire comedy is... It's like a funnel. Well, it's, but it's a, it's a two-way oh, funnel. Oh. Yeah. Right. So it goes, right. it goes, it goes. It's like an this hourglass, way. an hourglass. Right, an hourglass. No, 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 other way. Inverted hourglass. Oh, right. Because right, right. you got the most people <laughs> up here in the least parts of hell, Correct. the fewest That's at the right. bottom. That's then right. you have the most people in purgatory and then the reshaping of it at the top yeah, where the yeah, fewest yeah. people get to the highest parts of paradise. Hey, honestly, if you Google, uh, you could Google this. They're like geometric renderings of all of this. For uh, sure. If you, if you Google Dante's. So. Yeah. Anyways. Dante's Inferno, like the first thing, it's um, the list. Um, I am not that familiar with the Inferno. I got to be honest. I did a um, lot more work in these other books. Yes. I did read um, it. But. So it starts in this like, it starts in these like dark woods. Okay. And you go through this gate and above the gate, let me see if you underlined it. Above the gate, I'm looking at all my notations. And, and uh, I wish I, I should have brought my copy. Yeah, you probably don't know where it is in mine. Above the gate, oh, oh, of the entrance, of the entrance into hell. Do you remember what it says? It's something about God's justice. It's like the justice of God must prevail, or something along those lines. I don't. I don't remember. I do not. Um, if only we had saved the recording of that previous conversation. Oh, here we go. The poets pass the gates of hell and are immediately assailed by the cries of anguish. The heaven of the small is the soul of the soul. Limbo, that's what it's called. They're in limbo. Limbo. Yeah, limbo. That's where you get the idea of limbo. Right, it's the first ring of hell. That's right. And then, so that's the, limbo is the first ring of hell. To be clear, which is not a biblical concept, it is a Dante concept. Absolutely. Go ahead. Absolutely. 
So you enter into limbo, and then you descend through the parts of hell with Virgil. Right. Okay? And those are defined by the seven deadly sins. The next seven are defined by the seven deadly sins. Each layer of hell is a deadly sin. And it is a hierarchy. Yes. They get progressively worse. And then the final version of hell, which is also what I'm correcting from the the previous one. Yes. Because the final version of hell, the ninth ring or circle, is arguably the most important for what Dante is trying to communicate. Because the ninth ring is all about betrayal. Okay. And this is what I messed up on, is I was saying that Beatrice, the true love of his life, not his wife, her husband was in that ring. He's not. Okay. He's not in that ring. Um, Who is in that ring is, number one, Satan. Right. And also, we should... Big winged demon thing. We should note that the ninth ring of hell is actually not hot. It's not on fire. It's frozen. Right. Why is that, Cullen? Because this winged three-headed beast named Satan. <sighs> oh, he has three heads in the in Dante? Oh, we'll get there. Okay. Yeah, it's important why he has three no, heads. No, I know it. Yeah, you're jogging my memory here. Yeah. yeah. He has three heads. And he's a winged creature that's chained to the bottom, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he is flapping his wings so hard to try to get to where God is. He's He's freezing hell over. Right. He's literally cooling the air. He's freezing hell over. And so down in there with him are only three people. Oh, I found what the, the, the sign says. Oh, okay, what is it? Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Okay, that's not the gate I'm talking about. So that Dante, I, I remember that one. That's the first gate. That's the one right outside Dante, the dark woods. Dante passes through the gate of hell after the dark woods, which bears an inscription ending with the phrase, and it's, oh, ending with the phrase, but it is Latin. Uh, Abandon all hope, ye, he, ye who enter here. Yeah, when they move limbo and they go into the ring with the seven deadly sins, that that middle layer or that middle chamber of those seven layers, there's another gate that they pass through that has another statement that says something about God's justice. Okay, I'm following. Um, If I can, if I remember editing Cullen, yes, I talk to myself when I edit. Um, Go back and find it and put it in the description. Um. So there are three people down in there right. on top of Satan. Right. One of them, and, well, okay, so the entire thing is about betrayal. The entire ring, the ninth circle, the deepest pits of hell. The bottom of hell. Are about betrayal because the worst thing you can do is betray someone you love. Right. Do you remember who the three people are down there? I don't. The Pope is in there somewhere. Nope, no, he's he, in another ring. Um, Hold on, wait. Judas. Judas, the betrayer of Jesus, is definitely because of there. betrayal. And, and Benedict Arnold, the betrayer of the American Revolution. No, I'm just joking. That's that's silly. That's that was, way later. <laughs> <laughs> um Brutus and Cassius. Oh, from the Dagum, the Romans. From Julius from, Caesar. From Julius They're the two, betrayers. That's right. They're the betrayers of Julius Caesar. Stab him in the back. That's where you get the idea of being stabbed in the back. It's Julius Caesar. Correct. Yeah. 
And so those three characters are in the mouth of Satan. Oh yeah, they're standing in the mouth of Satan as he's flapping his wings chained to hell. Yep. Yeesh. That is Dante's understanding of hell. Now, isn't it interesting huh. that Dante's version of hell never persists? Oh, what well, okay. What like like uh, uh like in popular um like that's not your conception of hell in America that it's cold with only three people at the bottom of it. Well, I'd love to think about it that way, but no, it's not. <laughs> I don't believe in hell, but anyways, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's very interesting because honestly, if you look at all of these, Dante's is the one that probably is the most complete picture of like afterlife storytelling. Well, he takes one thing I do know about Dante in his his um divine comedy is it's very aristotelian oh very much I actually a, have, fully given over i left my aristotle <laughs> i was like how many books should i bring out <laughs> yeah uh, it's very it's a it's an aristotelian ethic he, well he takes aristotle's ideas and then he takes christian like the seven deadly sins he takes these, this this um this biblical concept of cur- sin and cursing and he molds those together to create what he thinks is like this the inverted hourglass situation. Correct. So um, it is interesting that it doesn't, but I, but those other rings, what's going on in those other rings, I think has impacted our view of hell, suffering, torment. Um, okay, yes. So that is the thing is each ring that's dedicated to a deadly sin, the punishment of that sin is, is at like, uh, like, that sin at extreme like to over, the point that it's torment. Right, an overindulgence yeah. of the sin. That's that's the only piece of this that's persisted. Yeah. Because even like, we don't even have the hierarchy in it. Because remember, they go down and it gets worse and worse. Right. Right? We don't even have the hierarchy in it anymore in American Christianity. It is interesting that we kind of have, we kind of have reverted back to a Greek mythological version of mm-hmm. hell where Hades, right? Like if you've watched Hercules... Uh, uh, the 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 Disney movie. Uh, I'm currently reading through the Percy Jackson series with my son. Not a boy. And um, Hades is a prominent figure. And so the way in Greek mythology, the way that you get to hell or Hades. So Zeus, right, and Hades are brothers. Brothers. They have a third brother. His name is Poseidon. Yep. Right. So you have the god of the waters, the god of the air, the heavens, and then the god of the underworld, Hades. I think this is also where we where sometimes we get this idea that like God and Satan are equals. And there are some ancient texts that say that uh is it Jesus and Satan are brothers? That's like a apocryphal text, I think. Anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. Well sorry. that yeah, that's Gospel of Thomas. Gospel but, of Thomas. There yeah. you go. But I think it comes from Greek mythology. I think it comes from this idea that Zeus and Hades were brothers. So what happens well, I is think, I actually think it comes from the concept that good and evil are equal. Well, no, that if if they weren't equal, God should prevail so much faster. Right, because he should he should win. Anyways, uh, we could talk about that concept. Why evil persists in the world if you have an omnipotent God who is who could destroy it. Maybe the next series we do will be one about the problem of evil. Oh, we we will need to do three episodes. That is my hangup. That well, we'll is probably need my to do like wall. eight. Yeah. yeah, right. So, anyways, so in Greek mythology, you have this idea, and so the way that you get into hell in Greek mythology is you die. And then after you die, your soul travels. 
down the river sticks with a guide which is in dante right well it's in virgil yep it's right you travel down the river sticks the river sticks uh and you have a guide and then you get to the gates of hell and then like the cerebus is there like the three-headed dog yep um and then yeah that's like that's the like the Adverse figure to St. Peter at the gates at heaven. Sort of kind of, I get it's that's like, a great, it's the gatekeeper of hell. That's a great, that's a great point. Um, and then you get into hell and then you end up in a, there's multiple levels in Greek, uh, Hades is concept of hell as well. Sure. There's only like two, there's, I can't, gosh, I should have done more research on this, but I've been reading Percy Jackson. <laughs> it's, it's all in there. Um, but you have a Satan, a Satan, who is Hades, right? And he's in charge of all of it. Uh, and he's basically dictating how people are suffering. Uh, so it is a different concept of hell, but that I feel like has persisted to your point that Dante's concept has not. It has not. Um, and there are things that have kind of hung around. Also, Hades is a blue flame, not a red flame in Greek mythology. So to your cold versus oh, hot, it's okay. also dark, lightless, Except for Hades. Well, that's that's the ninth ring. Right. The exactly. rest of them can see in Dante, but the ninth ring is dark. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's not true. There's one of the seven deadly sins that darkness is, darkness is one of the tormenting punishments. I can't oh, remember which one, though. I don't remember. One of them, it's definitely about darkness, though. I think it's the lust one. Okay. Because oh, they can't see. Can't see. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah, I think clever, so. I can't remember. Clever Dante. Don't quote me on that one. Yeah. Don't we'll, quote me we'll on that We'll have to do one. a whole other uh, oh. correction episode. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> I'll forget to press. Just go I'll, Google. I'll, for, I'll forget to turn the volume up. Again, again, <laughs> again, donate so we can hire a fact checker. Uh, and a podcast producer to yeah, help us not producer. make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Um, Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost. Okay, so I want to have this conversation because... I do think you're right. The Paradise Lost has shaped our American evangelical construct of demons and Satan and the all apple, of the, the apple the in the apple. garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all of that comes from that's here. That's not in the damn Bible. That's in. That's no. in oh gosh, I said damn Bible. Um, that that's is okay. not in God's holy word. That is in Paradise Lost. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I want to do after this episode. Our next episode is going to be one dedicated to Satan. I listened to a podcast Let's go. by uh, the Bible for Normal People yeah, with Pete Inns. Yes. Um, and Great. they brought in a guy that's an expert on Satan. And he talked about the way the character of Satan developed through the biblical text. And I was fanboying. Let's go. He's so right. Um, so I want to talk about this and screw tape letters, which RIP, you can't find your copy. It's um, in there somewhere. I'll find it. What What do you think most about Paradise Lost shaped like the understanding of demons and cosmic evil for American evangelicalism. Yeah. I mean, I think it is the idea that these, that demons are, um, trying to think of the right language. They are individual personalities for sure. Screw tape letters. C.S. Lewis does yeah, the same thing. He, he furthers that metaphor. individual personalities who have limitations on their power. So in paradise lost Satan, the devil, uh, I guess this is in screw tape letters too. Interesting. Uh, where like Satan basically assigns demons to do certain tasks yeah. to, 
to screw with humanity. Yeah, right? well, screw yeah, and screw tape letters. Screw tape does it to wormhole, which is his right. nephew. That's like the you know, the way screw tape letters is structured is like one demon for every human. And okay, and like that demon is there to tempt and that's the like, assignment. Yeah, that's the assignment. And then there's like there's a hierarchy of the demon, like it's like a military yeah, like, yeah, yeah, structure. Yeah. And so Wormhole is or Wormwood, I think Wormwood, is his name. Wormwood. Wormwood is down here tormenting this, which they call the client or the patient. Yeah, one interesting. of them. Interesting. I haven't I read a lot. It's the patient. Time. I think they call it the patient. Um Anyway, so he torment. It's like a devil and an angel on a shoulder kind of concept, yeah. and then you have like this hierarchy above them. Which, to be fair, you can also get some from the biblical understanding because, like, you have Michael, the uh, like the archangel, archangel that's like fighting the battles, and Daniel. Daniel. Then you have Gabriel, the messenger angel, right? He's there for Daniel. Well, he's there for Daniel. He's the one delivering the message to Daniel. Really? Gabriel's in Daniel too? Yeah, because remember he goes, hey, I tried to come the minute you started praying, but I was held up by I the prince. I thought that was of- Michael. That's Michael. No, listen, he it's in Daniel and Gabriel comes and he says, hey, um, I tried to come the minute you started praying, but the, but prince, the prince of Persia, of Persia held Persia. me up. I had to go get Michael to fight, fight him so I could come here. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, Which is some other demonic... Some other, yeah, demonic figure of some kind. Yeah, Yeah, that they've named the Prince of Persia. But, yeah, so, like, you get this idea that, like, angels or these angelic beings have, like, designed roles, even in the biblical text. That's not unique to Paradise Lost or Screwtape Letters. They're just, like, they're mirroring the angelic hierarchy that we see in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just think we also... all of these texts, but Paradise Lost in particular and Screwtape Letters in particular reinforces the concept that angels and demons are actively impacting and influencing, as you said, uh, the day-to-day lives, choices, actions, feelings, thoughts of humans. Exactly. Uh, and is that biblical? Well, only if you... The fact that demons... Only if you want to, like, use it as a springboard for everybody else. But Jesus is tempted by the devil. The devil, not demons. The devil is a demon. Look, see, man. I mean, well, but see, this is why we need to have the conversation about Satan. Right. Um, Chief demon, Lucifer. Chief demon. Well, but see, that's all made up, too. I know. Man. The bearer of light that like and well and that whole thing and the dragon who sweeps away a third of the stars from the skies that's in Revelation though. Well, there's that whole thing about the stars falling um, from favor in Ezekiel and everybody's I watched, like, I watched the morning star fall from heaven. Yeah, that's some nonsense. That's about the king of Babylon. It is. Yeah, it's, it's not a, a political it's, commentary. Yeah, it's not about Satan at all. It's it about the king of Babylon punditry. Yes, exactly, exactly, but. Mm. Um, we could do a whole nother episode about the way that like film has done this because there's also the Adam Sandler movie, Little Nicky. Nicky. Yeah. Which, but think of Bruce almighty. Okay. Hold on. There's go back. no hell in Bruce almighty. Well, I'm just saying like these ideas of heaven and hell, but yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's stay on hell. Little Nicky is the son of Satan. I don't remember if he's the son or not. I've been a hot minute since I watched this movie, yeah. but he's <sighs> definitely related to Satan. Yeah. And, like, he's out living in the world trying to torment the world. Yeah. 
There's so much of this, man. Uh, Charlie Daniels, the devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was yeah. way behind. He was low on time. And he was willing, willing to, to make, make a deal. deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's, you know, you're talking about Charlie Daniels. Robert Johnson is arguably, like, maybe the father of blues music. Yep. Um, like, definitely one of the great blues uh, musicians of all time. And, like, the rumors about him are that he, oh, is he, he the crossroads guy? Yes. I went down to the crossroads. And I made a deal with the devil. Yeah. And he came back. Sold his soul to the devil for sold his soul musical to the devil ability. For musical ability and came back being able to play lights out on the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and blues music, like Zydeco, like just lighting all of it up. African American man in the eighteen hundreds. Um, maybe not late eighteen hundreds. Um yeah, Robert Johnson. Like, these things persist throughout the culture. They do. For sure. And, like, if you want to do biblical, like, there's an interesting conversation that we need to have, and I don't know where to do it in here, but you remember when, in the Old Testament, when Saul is in, his, in the middle of his battle with David about David taking over? And Saul goes to a mediator. And he practices necromancing. He raises, he speaks to the dead. He, he has a seance. He has a seance with Samuel. Samuel. I couldn't remember who it was. And do you remember the Bible what Samuel, is wild. Wild, bro. It's <laughs> wild. Y'all should read it. Uh, <laughs> it there is crazy there's stuff. There's crazy stuff. I think this is in 2 Samuel. He no, does, no, no. It's in 1 Kings. He does. No, it's in 2 Samuel. Okay, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, it is 2 Samuel. It is. It is. Because uh, First Kings picks up with David. Yep. Uh, yeah. Second Samuel. Samuel says, "Why have you awakened oh. me from my slumber?" Slumber. Yes. He's not in heaven. He's not in hell. Soul sleep. But he's also not in Sheol. Nope. And he's not in what we would now call Abraham's bosom, which is like that place that, or maybe I don't know. But he says, "Why have you awakened me from my slumber?" And so this like. This concept of like the spiritual, like the immaterial and the material mingling, which uh, little Nikki is what made me think about this and like this, (laughs) this intermingling of them that persists. That's age old. I mean, think back to think back to Lot in Genesis 19. It's two embodied angels that show up that Lot's trying to protect from the gang rape of all the men. That's true. And I'm also thinking of like the rich man and Lazarus. The uh, par- isn't this a Jesus this is the parable? Abraham bo- Abraham's bosom thing? Like he can see out, but they can't see down. And he's like, "Will you just let my brother dip his finger in water and put it on the tip of my tongue?" Which this is where is, we get this, this idea is, of hot. This well, and the lake of fire. Lake of fire. Uh, yeah. I don't remember where Jesus does that, but Jesus has this one apocalyptic moment where he like does mention a lake of fire. Right. Right. It's just but like fire think, but like you purification, cannot, fire that's is right. purification. You cannot think about fire as like this negative thing like we do. Cause we like, we're, we're prone to the news and arson, right? Like we burn crap down. <laughs> well done. <laughs> that's not how you should think about it. Think about Isaiah. Yeah. Right. Coals what is, on the lips. Coals on the lips. I am a man of unclean lips. And so he touches him with a hot coal and he says, here I am Lord. Well, Samuel. and even in Daniel, you know, you get, um, 
Shadrach, oh. Mesh- Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which is their Babylonian names. Their actual names are uh, oh. Han- Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael are their Hebrew names. Go off. Look at you. I didn't even remember their and they are names. And they are put into what? The furnace, the flames. That they heat up seven times. And what happens? So that the people that even throw them in die. Yeah, which is, come on, man. So you get this concept. But they come out. Not Fine. even smelling Not like even. smoke. Not even smelling like smoke. So for all the pious Christians out there, if you refer to them as uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you are a pagan. It is Hananiah, Azariah, and well, you're at least giving you're at least giving power over to Babylon. Yeah, whatever. Um, so, yeah. Also, look, man. So we have this. I just think it's fascinating how pop culture grabs onto religious concepts. And then, look, so this is a point that I've made. I think a few times. I think the Simpsons. You have made this comment so many times. I think the Simpsons offered the best long running. Well, it is the longest running cultural commentary on American evangelicalism. Well, so why do you think that they're a commentary on white even like American evangelicalism though? Because I'm not sure I would agree with you. I think they're the longest comment running commentary on American culture. Well, yes, but yes, I, yes. Think- I mean that. But like American culture and white evangelicalism are not synonymous. No, no, no. Oh, no, I know, I know, I know. Okay, yes. The longest running commentary on American culture. Okay, got it. Because if you, like, I really think but, South Park is the longest well, running commentary on American evangelicalism. Okay, that's fair. But what I'm thinking of is like Reverend Lovejoy. Yeah, oh, you mean in the character base. Ned Flanders. Yeah. Is everyone I went to church with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Maud and the boys. Yeah. And it is this over the top, which, you know, good good comedy is is in extremes. Over the top uh, 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 example of what the evangelical, like there's so much that goes on in these series about like the hypocrisy of it all or just how lame it is but um there's also there's also episodes about they do all sorts of parodies of like the garden of eden of of heaven of god this uh uh, old white bearded man in the sky but also satan um i'm also thinking of like the jack black so what's that jack black song where he uh or, or no what is it jack black and his brother had a band they were called something, and then they made a song about the devil, and it was very popular in the early 2000s. Comment below. Uh, but we have this consistent concept of this horned, red, pitchfork-wielding, uh, spiky-tailed demon figure. I'm, I'm slapping Paradise Lost because this is where these concepts it all from. It all came from there. That lives in this underground bunker filled with fire, little Nicky. Yep. It portrays us very well. And somehow when we die, we our disembodied spirit ends up in that same location to be tortured for eternity by this pitchfork-wielding red demon thing. Yeah, well, and yeah. Which right. is not the Bible. It's not the Bible. Um, and we should talk next week about <laughs> how that character evolves. We're going to talk about Satan. Let's talk about Satan. The Hasatan. Thanks for listening to the Pints and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.